Chochi. Welcome to the Unmap Show. Uh, thank you for being here. I uh, really appreciate having you on. Uh, you are episode number 21. And uh, cool. I, as I explained to you a little bit beforehand, it's going to be education, passion, uh, everything you're doing from, you know, birth to where you are now a little bit, um, current events, and we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. So the way I like starting it off is talking about your background in terms of education. So realistically, more on the side of like high school into college, because that's the most recent and, you know, kind of where you are right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a little general like timeline of uh, where you grew up and where you're going with things, high school, college. Sure. So uh, I grew up in a town called Skinny Atlas, New York. It's third in South Syracuse. Uh, I went to the local high school here and I was involved in the drama program and I did track a little bit. Uh, and then after high school, I went to Stony Brook for a year and then I transferred to Binghamton to be a little bit closer to home. And all the while, I've been a psychology major. Now, is psychology the thing for me? Probably not. Uh, I do enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy learning about it, but um, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to pursue it after college. Uh, but it's been, you know, it's been cool. College is okay. It's, I'm not a college guy, you know. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the main reasons I like talking to all these people is because everyone has a different reason why they're there. And again, like yeah. you saying, like you kind of don't know if you want to keep going with psychology. Like that's like a great thing to talk to people about and like let them know that, you know, sometimes it doesn't pan out. Um, yeah. Yeah, clearly. So how, My, come, go so ahead. How, how come you went into psychology to begin with? So uh, growing up, I've had, I don't want to call them issues because they're really not issues. I grew out of most of them. Uh, since day one, I've had ADD and ADHD. And I know everybody says that, but... I'm a very hyper dude and very loud and yada, yada, yada. I can, I, that's, you know, I can, that's I why can, I'm, I can attest to that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I had a psychological background being in, uh, one-on-one -on -one with a therapist growing up and it, it wasn't anything like severe, but that inspired me. And then just the general, uh, understanding of like human behavior. Like, I think the first time that, I was really interested in, in uh, pursuing psychology is watching people, well, first understanding the etiquette of public speaking and then watching people public speak in front of classes or in front of their like group of uh, soccer team or whatever it may be, people giving speeches and do they have the power stance? Are they crossing any of uh, their body parts like showing insecurity? Are they looking at the ground or just looking at the instructor or are they making eye contact with everybody else so it became like this breakdown of uh who's doing it right who's doing it wrong and how great of a public speaker could i be and then i was like inspired by that and i was like ooh, maybe if i start with public speaking i could start you know can i, can I swear on the podcast yeah, you can, yeah, you can do all right cool and then i was like <laughs> and then i was like maybe i'll be a fucking mind reader but that <laughs> That never, that, yeah, that never panned out. So now I'm here and I'm at Binghamton and I'm going to graduate and uh, the next step is sales. So That's interesting because the last person I actually had on yesterday, uh, he's a friend from mine from high school. He goes to St. John's now. He started at Pace, um, but he's also a uh, psychology track. And the reason he got into psychology was because he was always a people person. So yeah. like he was always very intrigued by social interaction and how we like talk to people how we like understood what they were going through and tried to figure out like what's going on in their mind. 
Um, so I think most people that go into like psychology uh, have that innate kind of intrigue in human uh, behavioral patterns. Because for, for a while, I wanted to get into psychology because, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I like talking to people so much is because like every person is so different and you can see like their little isms, like the things that make them click or, you know, make them who they are. And it's so interesting because every single person is so unique. It's um, true. Uh, so I think going into psychology, a lot of those people have that genuine intrigue beforehand uh, and, you know, go into it just because they're, you know, interested in what's what, what they can learn. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd completely agree. Ever since day one, uh, my, my parents actually always tell me the story about how when I was in second grade, I wouldn't at recess or was it? Yeah, I was at lunchtime. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the uh, I guess this is not really a story about it's uh, well, yeah, so <laughs> it'd be so at lunchtime, I wouldn't sit with the students. I would go to the the teacher's lounge and like crack jokes at the age of whatever, you know, five years old, six years old. And I've never been afraid to talk to anybody. And and uh, another little mantra of mine is like, I'm pretty sure I've never been embarrassed because it's just a, I, I just, I don't care what I, I, have, I really don't have a filter. <laughs> I like and how you, you went into the camera for that one. You're like, I got to show the people. I really don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't give a, I don't really don't give a shit. You know, I don't. I have no problem talking to anybody. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. And I, I, I do enjoy picking up on people's mannerisms and and uh, if they have any like ticks, if if I said something wrong, are they by their body language, that kind of stuff. Just understanding, you know, the fifth element or whatever you want to call it. Right. And one of the points that I brought up when I was talking to him was that when you have, you know, the, the knowledge or a little bit more intellect on like human behavior, I mean, you're going to do better in no, any field that you're in, because at the end of the day, no matter what job you're pursuing or whatever field you're in, it's going to be with other people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I see. Uh, absolutely. You know, I was ex a little bit resentful about being in college uh, around like sophomore year, I was just like, it's just not for me. I'm not a college guy. I don't like it. I'd rather be making money right now. But after, you know, uh, two more years of it and getting into higher up classes, uh, and I did an internship that evaluated the psychological um, worth of my job that I'm at right now, that made me realize that that this whole four-year degree psychology thing was it, it was worth it because I'm going to be talking to people for the rest of my life, and to understand a very basic way of how humans behave, it's it's definitely going to help me as far as as long as I'm in sales. Right, exactly. If there's one thing yeah. you could point out in psychology that you've learned in classes versus outside of classes, what would it be? In classes. What's something that like really stood out to you? There has to be something. Oh, let me think. Well, the first thing I, the most interesting thing to me, and it's definitely not interesting to anybody else, is uh, the whole, it's called uh, like object re recognition. Mm -hmm. And there's this area in your brain called the fusi, or fusiform area, fusiform face area. Okay. And it's like, we developed it. There's like a couple of theories about how we developed it, but this area region in the brain is uh, manifested itself through evolution. This is one of the theories of uh, so when you're born, uh, 
you have this capability at a masterful level that you can recognize people's faces, like your mother's face, uh, your father's face, siblings, whatever it may be. So you can then cry out for mom, cry out for dad. And then, uh, so that apparently we didn't have that region all the way back since day one. And then they said that, uh, that's why we see faces everywhere. Like in the outlet may look like a face or the back of a car may look like a face because we're so adept at recognizing faces. It's so in our biology that we see them everywhere, even when in reality they're not there, but it still looks like a face. So that's pretty interesting. Anyone who denies that the backs of cars or the front of cars don't look like faces, they're definitely, they're definitely tripping. 100% yeah, cars true. have faces. Yeah. Some, some of them that, look mean and I, some of them look like... It's just, yeah, they're, they all look <laughs> mad different. Like, I have a Mini Cooper and it straight up, I'm looking at it right now, straight up looks like a chick. I always think... <laughs> My car looks so girly because it just looks like a chick on the front. Right. I thought that, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, humans have an innate ability to, and I think it's a lot more common. Like, I, I've seen it in my sister, and, like, you remember, my, my sister, she's five now. But, um, yeah, holy, yeah, I forgot. She's, like, talking and stuff. That's crazy. Um, as yeah. she was growing up, like, the first couple of years, like, you could see the difference in her capability to tell who's family and who's not. So, like, even if I was gone for months at a time, when I came back home to visit, she immediately recognized me. Like it was, it was, like almost immediate. I saw like a glow in her face. And yeah. She was like, oh, like that's my older brother. Like, oh, like I can't, I can't wait to see him. Like talk to him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. She could talk now and everything. It's it's really cool. It's crazy, yeah, dude. Because when I when I was when I was there way back when three years ago now, she she couldn't say she, maybe she could say a couple of words, like your name and maybe your mom's say, like, name. But... Yeah, things here or there. Yeah, uh, she can speak like full sentences, read books now. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, but you know, seeing a child develop really changes your perspective on how the brain works and how we as people uh, kind of function. And mm -hmm. you know, that's like that. Like my sister is the reason I'm so into psychology now. Um, seeing her develop from you know age zero to five, you know, seeing what inputs has made her kind of recognize patterns and uh, change her behavior accordingly, it mm -hmm. really showed me like. I'm not the person who I think I am. Like, there's so many things that, you know, went into making who I am, but I didn't understand what they were until now. You know what Dude. I mean? Dude, yeah. Well, you just said some, some wise shit right there. I can, <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, like, if more people had that kind of thinking, then it would be a whole, it would be a, uh, our world would be a whole lot different. Like, for instance, in, in my case, uh, I can I can relate to that because you know three years ago, uh, you knew me three years ago and I was hanging out with you guys every day. Uh, I was a very different dude. I was very um, I was for lack of a better term, I was very immature. And I'm not saying that I'm any kind of mature now. Or, you, you know, more intelligent now because I've lived three more years. I'm just saying I recognize that back then uh, I was being an idiot. And then I and then I lived through some shit and now I've changed. And I realized that, like, you know, I'm just going to keep fucking changing because that's the way of life. But it is it is a, a good thought. And I don't I don't think a lot of people, especially myself, uh, think about that too much. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Your video kind of cut out here, so I'm trying to froze on your face. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's see if I can fix this. Like, like we're talking about, it's it's one of the biggest takeaways I got from uh, listening to, to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time is uh, he says this all the time is that look at people as if they're are just giant babies, not just people. Because every single person, as they grow up, they become this person who may be resentful or who you know may act in a certain you know way. Uh, but they don't acknowledge it or understand it because they're not outwardly looking at themselves in an objective way. Uh, and that's really difficult for most people to do. The average person won't have the time, capability, or uh, like transcendent consciousness to really look at themselves from a different perspective. Uh, it's mm. very difficult for people to do. But you know, once you start doing that and start looking at people in that way where you know they don't understand themselves, you, you become a little bit more understanding of every situation and every person. So... Another thing in psychology, it's like a, I don't know if it's a layman term or if it's an actual working theory, but it's called protagonist syndrome. Mm -hmm. And have you heard of it before? Yeah, or, I actually wrote or, a yeah. paper uh, freshman year on it. Uh, there's a book called uh, uh, The Time Is Now, uh, NAO, the main character is now. Uh, and the entire paper I wrote about the protagonist complex, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just for the listeners that don't know, uh, the protagonist syndrome is, uh, and I'm going to explain this in, in media terms, not psychological terms. So it'd be like, uh, protagonist syndrome is where you view your life. It's going to be an analogy, I guess you view your, you, you view your life as a movie and you're the protagonist and say, if this is me, uh, you would be a secondary character that has a one dimensional personality that comes in my life and goes right out and, and you may leave an effect on me, but that's my lasting effect. I I can leave effects on other people, but those are like fugazi, and it it doesn't matter. So pretty much, you're the center of your own life, and you can't understand other people's perspective. And it's it's a little bit of what you're talking about. Uh, more people. Again, this comes back to me working on myself because it's been a lot of self work in the past couple of years. Uh, more people, including me, need to realize that – I'm going to change the subject just a little bit – need to, need to realize that I have my issues. You have your issues. Stacy from down the street has her issues. Everybody has fucking issues. As soon as you – this is – I have such a pet peeve about this, Bob. As soon as you start spewing your bullshit to other people about your issues – it's like it's like this. So, for instance, let's say Stacy down the let's say Stacy down the street said, uh, uh, Stacy down the street says, uh, Haley is being such a bitch. She made out with Steve at this party, and she knew I was into Steve. Meanwhile. Fucking Tyler is listening. These are all made up people. I can, I can, I can just throw <laughs> names out there. Yeah, yeah. Generic white people names. <laughs> uh, so Tyler's listening, and Tyler, his mom just got like leukemia or something. Mm -hmm. And and it goes kind of back to the protagonist syndrome, I guess. Fucking Stacy doesn't give a fuck about Tyler. And the worst thing in the world right now is Haley hooking up with fucking Steve or whatever I said. It's just people like to spew their bullshit on other people and they have no idea what's behind their curtain. Like they could have the most biggest issues in the world. And if 
Like, I just wish, I guess my point is I wish people would just shut the fuck up about their petty fucking issues, man. <laughs> like, that whole story, I could have just not said it. It's it's just, I, I'm sick of hearing some dumb fucking bullshit coming out of these people's mouths. I, I can't take it anymore. You're really taking this, uh, you can uh, use profanity on the podcast. To, to, yeah, to, this to, is to, I love it. You're the first guest that's okay with just going with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I said this is going to be a whole different episode, people. <laughs> nice, nice and close to the camera. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, no, dude, a lot of people, and it's really common, especially for people our age, getting caught up in the day-to-day uh, the little things, it's its too easy. And I think especially, and I have this conversation all the time, and I think it's a really big problem in today's society, is that people have such a lack of like, like real goals to go for that they get caught up in this little like BS, like the stuff that doesn't matter. And, you know, they don't consider all of everything that is out there. There's so much out there to do, and you're going to get caught up doing like gossip or like all this BS, get caught up in someone else's life. You should be focusing on your life. Um... There's a chapter in Jordan Peterson's book that, and I talk about Peterson all the time too. There's a chapter in his book. It says, "Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, and not where somewhere, else, not where someone else is today. Um, focus on your life. Like, there's so much that you could be doing. Better yourself. Don't blame others, and try to get better as you know yourself. Because there's a lot you can do to work on yourself. You know, you know, no human is perfect. Everyone's working on themselves. Yeah, and if you think you're perfect, then you're a fucking asshole. That's the that's I that's the last time I'll I'll swear profusely. No, you can you can swear. All right. I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't really. The point of this show is that I want to get real conversations and real personalities on it. I don't want right, no filter. Well, good. Then, then, then no I'm probably then I'm probably gonna swear. All right, cool, <laughs> cool. So going going back to people working on their issues and stuff, uh, you know, I have a question for you. Do you believe in? Do you know who? Do you know who Ty Lopez is? Yeah, I do. I do. Do you have you heard anything that uh, he has to say? I've seen some of his videos. I've I've uh, listened to one podcast. He went on the H three podcast. Um, yeah, dude. By the way, real quick tangent. What do you think of the H three podcast? I love it. I love it. I've seen every episode, bro. That is Ethan, baby. Papa bless. I love. <laughs> I love Papa bless so so much. It's, yeah. It's one. It's outrageously professional. Their setup is on par with Joe Rogan's setup, which is you know uh, yeah. out, like the best yeah. setup that I know of. Honestly, um, he, he he had to copy Joe Rogan a little bit. No, no, without a doubt. But the thing is, I think yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, you, oh yeah, yeah, dude, the formula works. It's definitely a different yeah. vibe, but like, I I I love both podcasts. You know, the, the second point is the vibe on the pack. I mean, Ethan drives the vibe. Like, it's funny. It's you know, kooky. He has the whole like. Like everything he does is a meme. Innately, yeah, somehow. He's the meme king, dude. He's the meme king. <laughs> I love Ethan so fucking much. So I love him. But at the same time, he hits a lot of very important subject matter. He talks about real topics, current events, talks about everything. But at the same time, he makes it funny and, you know, just random. Oh yeah. Oh, he's great. So he's talked about Ty Lopez before. Yeah, like that's that's what we're talking about. What do you think? about these people that have all the answers. Do you think they are a detriment or do you think they're advantageous for anybody? Okay, so actually Do you I think have... they're a fucking joke or do you think Go ahead. A little bit of both. So, I had this conversation with Proven and James. Uh, we were trying to assess the, the the net value of Ty Lopez to society, right? So, to some people, like, you know, if you consider those who and, and this is hard to kind of measure 
there are some people who don't need his help. He's, in my opinion, useless, right? Because some of the things he offers, I think you should just know. But that's me. There are some people yeah. who are out there who do get a takeaway from what he says. You know, some of the stuff about business. I don't know how much he can help you with business. Uh, maybe he can offer, you know, advice or, or resources that you wouldn't have. I don't know. I, I wouldn't go to him because I think he wouldn't be of use to me. But to someone, maybe it is of use. Um, yeah, another good example true. is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. You probably know of Gary. I don't. Really? Gary V? Oh, is he the dude that makes he's these... A, he's go like ahead. Yeah, you tell me. Motivational, kind of short guy, old. He really wants to own the Jets. He's really outgoing, a lot of energy, kind of annoying. Nah. Okay, but he, he's another one of those guys, like self-motivation, like inspiration, work, grind, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, as much as a lot of those um, kind of teachings, a lot of those sayings, you know, they may be cliche. Uh, some of the bullshit that they say, it may sound like you don't need it. But I think to a lot of individuals, hearing it constantly might help them. Um, yeah, I you think you're. You know what, man? I think you're right. I'm, how I was seeing it, I, I'd say I'm a. I, I'm either a realist or a pessimist or both. Because like how I see it is, he makes people pay for his like videos, and how and you said like it's common sense. Yeah. This dude, this dude isn't any different from me or you. Uh, he just got he ran into a little bit of money and made it look like he had way more money than he actually did and like that's where the issue came in for me he he like like ethan said on h3 he like kind of tricked these people into taking their money but in the end i i'm sure it either motivated or inspired somebody so i guess it's you know the reason i wouldn't say trick and this is one of the big points i had in the debate i had against james and Provin, is that people consensually agreed to that agreement to work with yeah. them, to give yeah, them their money, true. to get that advice. It's like, to me, it may be stupid. I think it's like, why would you do that? Like, you should go it, learn yeah. this on your own, right? Same us, here. To yeah. us, it's like, we can do this on our own. But to a lot of people, it may be, you know, I can't get this help anywhere else. I see the value in him. Let me see what happens. Um, if that, and, you know, it's an investment. And if that investment doesn't work out to them, then they made a dumb investment, you know? Yeah, yeah. I All right. I can get on board with that. That's cool. Because at the end of uh, that, You know, I just... It, but he just he put a bad taste in my mouth is all. But you're right. I'm sure I'm sure some people got some kind of uh, you know value from him. But nonetheless, I agree. I personally don't really like him or his personality or what he stands for. I don't <laughs> think he's genuine. Uh, uh, same thing with Gary. It's like yeah, he's self motivational, but sometimes he's just he's just a he he he's an asshole to be honest. Yeah, um, dude. And like the energy there, like I don't like it. But you know if they can provide something to someone, you know, good for them. Whatever. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, an economy, and they're providing a service to some people in some way. So if it, you know, happens to be that it works for them, yeah, you know what it, it is, what it is. Um, yeah. I, you will not ever see me uh, giving those people my money. So yeah, that's just what. I'm <laughs> Same here, dude. For sure. <laughs> All right. So the next thing I want to get into now uh, this is gonna go back to like uh, your kind of route through schools is yeah. uh, more on the side of kind of passionate type things. So you got, I know, since I know you personally, I know you got into like acting, drama, singing, uh, acapella, all this stuff, like early on, uh, I believe in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also pursued it later on in college. Uh, That's so, right. You know, how you got into it, how did you keep pursuing it? Do you plan on pursuing it still and uh, stuff on along those lines? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll start with acapella, but I'd like to talk about a couple of other things too. Um, acapella is pretty interesting. It goes back to me. Uh, having ADD and being hyper, um, here's a funny, here's a funny story. Uh, so 
a little bit of a tangent, but when I was younger, all three of my brothers are wild. Or, you know, there's me and my two brothers, and we're all wild. So we'd be screaming, hooting, and hollering around the house and just, like, singing and shit. And my mom goes, <laughs> my mom's like, boys, like, if you, she says this. This is how she got me to shut up. She goes, if you, <laughs> she'll kill me if she ever hears this. <laughs> if, if you, if you boys don't start, or if, if you keep screaming like that as loud as you scream, it's known to cause cancer. <laughs> we we all we all were like we were all like well, okay we're gonna stop we're like dad is that true and it's like he's like uh yeah cool what? whatever your mom said yeah 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 he was like are you kidding me yeah so that shut us up so anyway so I was a very hyper kid when I was young and uh, I had a lot of like nervous energy and um it really started with that oh oh with acapella. So in acapella, I'm a beatboxer, and I don't do a whole lot of singing. So when I was younger, I, I got, like, really hyper, and I had a lot of nervous energy, and I would just, like, make a little, like, like almost, like, clicking sounds with my, my tongue. So it would start off, like, like, really easy, simple like that. And then, you know, uh, I, did, I started in, in probably seventh grade. So however many years later, it turned into, like, you know, like an actual articulated beat sound. Um, so that's, and you know, I've always been a music guy, so the beatboxing, I needed an outlet for it. Acapella in reality with the choreograph or the dancing or whatever the fuck uh, is kind of lame. It's like going to a party. I, I A comedian said this. I, I It might have been Jeselnik, Anthony Jeselnik, or it might have been like, I've it definitely wasn't. Yeah, he's 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 okay, but uh, it might have been it might have been Billy Burr, and you've seen Bill Burr on yeah, Joe. Oh, he's my yeah yeah. Of course you know that. I did the impression while I was at Sony Burr. Um, it might have been Billy, but I don't know. Uh, he said acapella. Who who would go to college and choose acapella as a hobby? It's like going to a buffet. And seeing steak, bacon, mashed potatoes, corn, and then you go to the end of the table and there's some quiche right there. And that's all they eat is fucking quiche. It's just so white and so lame. And I've always kind of felt like that. But it's, you know, it's an outlet for me to beatbox and there's some nice people there. So so that's cool. But, you know, I've always had fun with it. Yeah, that's definitely something Bill Burr would say. It sounds like exactly like him. Um Right. So, so, like, when when was the first time you actually you know joined the acapella group? Because I know when you're here, what it was the uh, high seas? Was it was it what they were? Yes, yeah, Stony Brook yeah. high seas, all male group. Yeah, there's there's shout out to those guys. They're, they're good people. Uh, the first time I got into acapella was I believe freshman year of high school. So I've been beatboxing for like two years before this whole acapella craze started. Uh, there was no acapella groups at my high school. And the, the, this chick that I was dating at the time and her best friend and my best friend, so we called ourselves the core four. Or was it? Was I involved? I don't even remember. I just remember that uh, they asked me if they if we could start an acapella group and if I would be comfortable enough to beatbox. And that's pretty much how it started. Uh, and then, like, we, we started one group and then the year after there was, like, three more so. Yeah, no, that was the first time. Freshman year of high school, and then I just kind of kept doing it since then. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, 
I should realize that I, I want to jump back into education now because I forgot a couple, couple questions that I want to get in. Um, yeah, sure. So when it came to college, um, you know, I knew that you, you went to Stony Brook for the first year. So, um, you know, the decision of going to this college, um, you know, was – and this does kind of tie in with the passion thing. Like, did you ever consider going to a school because of, you know, being in a drama, acting, or uh, kind of music program? Or, you know, what dro uh, drove your decision to go to Stony Brook University? So I applied to all kinds of schools. In short, just so I don't fucking, you know, keep talking here. It's 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 it really came down to money. Right. It was a trade it was a trade-off of money and how great would that degree look to employers. So Stony Brook gave me a lot of money to go there and it was a it was a it was a well-known school for the field that I was interested in, so 1 plus 1 is 2 and there you go. And then Binghamton is either, you know, equal or just under Stony Brook. So that's why I moved to Binghamton. Okay. And so I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to have to ask it for people <laughs> who yeah, are yeah, on the podcast is what made your decision to go to Binghamton? So that is a loaded question. Yeah, no, it is. I know. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it's important because I know that the, the tuition and, you know, everything in terms of academia is relatively similar. But, you know, those who go to college have this fear. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, when I talk to Tomas on the next podcast, I'm going to mm -hmm. go a lot, a lot deeper into this is the idea of, you know, moving around in terms of when you're in college because you may not feel comfortable. And again, right. I, I see no problem with that. Um, there's a, a big thing I read recently where it's like, you know, you, you don't fully understand everything that your body feels or, or you know, the decisions that you want to make, but if you ever feel apprehensive about something or you feel as though it's a decision that would be better off, um, you know, made in one direction versus the other, that you're better off just making the decision you feel the best uh, with just because you're never going to fully understand why you want to do something. Right. Um, no, I think that's a very good question. And to be honest with you, I don't think you know every detail. And this is actually, I'm really happy you asked that. Uh, I really hope that our Stony Brook friends watch this episode so they understand why I left. I loved all you guys a lot, oh. every one of you. You guys were very, very good people to me when, in turn, I was kind of a jerk to a lot of people. Um, but you guys kept coming back and inviting me out to drink and stuff, and I was being a baby. Uh, so the whole reasoning behind that, uh, I was – I wasn't ready to go to college. I wasn't ready for all that kind of change. I went from being a big fish. I was a popular dude in high school. I I don't I don't think that's an ego thing. I think that I was. I was friendly with everybody, and I, I had a very comfortable life in, in in high school. And then I went to Stony Brook, and I was a big fish in a huge ocean. Thirty six thousand undergraduates and graduates. I don't know, but it was a lot of fucking people. So. You know, all this change, I just broke up with my ex at the time, which was so micros microscopic now, now that I look back on it. But when I was a freshman, it was the biggest thing in the world to me. Mm -hmm. She broke up with me, and it was and my heart was on the floor for like two, two fucking years, uh, even after Stony Brook. So, you know, I had all these, these issues, and it wasn't – the issue wasn't Stony Brook. And it, it wasn't college, and it wasn't you guys, and it wasn't my ex, 
It might have been a little bit of my ex. But, <laughs> but yeah, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, it was me not being ready for all that change. It was me not understanding how to deal with heartbreak. Uh, it was me not ready for the responsibility to schedule myself and like my hours, my classes. I didn't go to class for like a week one time freshman year, which is not fucking good. Like, you know, I didn't drink a lot. I wasn't enjoying myself. So I, what I did back then was I blamed all this shit. I was like, it's Stony Brook. It's, it's gotta be Stony Brook. Everyone goes home on the weekends. Nobody's fun here. It's gotta be Stony Brook. And then I went to Binghamton and sophomore year, I realized it was fucking me, dude. I wasn't ready for fucking college. And then I made that revelation. I had a shit year freshman year and sophomore year. And then I started doing some personal changes. And now, you know, I'm, I'm decently happy in college. I'm content. I have a good time. Like I've met people and I'm good in my, my grades are much better. Uh, and the last thing I want to say about it, and I've, I'm pretty sure I've, I've told you guys this before. I know I've told Kobe is I wish my, I have two regrets in life Imran. two regrets. One serious now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Can I say your name? Isn't this like anonymous? No, no, no. no, no that... it's, not, it's not anymore. I stopped doing that because it's too okay. difficult to grow. Yeah. Um, that's, what I, that's, yeah. that's what I thought, yeah. So anyway, two, two regrets in my life. One is I wish I never started smoking cigarettes. It was the worst thing I could have ever done. And two is I wish I never left Stony Brook. It was, it was the biggest mistake. I had so many good fucking people there. And I started fresh at Binghamton, and it fucking sucked. I wish I stayed there. I wish I had a better attitude. And I wish I took a gap year before I went to college. But this is all in the past now, and it's it's whatever. I mean, but I do, you know, yeah. I'm regretful. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, exactly. You know, anytime you look back into your past, you think, I could have done this so much better. This should have you know, happened. I should have done this. But you can't change it. It is what it is. It happened, and you know you got to move on. And it's true. The biggest thing is you've learned from what has happened. And again, for anyone that has had anything happen to them in the past, it's better to you know make a mistake and learn and move on than just not learn anything and stay in your you know whatever attitude you may be in or whatever mindset you yeah. may be in. Yeah. One of the key things I wanted to point out uh, that you said was like you, you were like uh, saying how you would blame Stony Brook and stuff. Um, I think a key takeaway for a lot of people is it's really easy to blame. Uh, outwardly um and it's difficult and it's not like you know not saying it's you know you or, or anyone that's out there but i think generally speaking it's really difficult to look at yourself and be like all right like you're fucking up like you should do something about this and i do this all the time where you know i'll be doing something wrong or i'll be procrastinating or i'm not putting in enough effort and you know it's easy to slip up failure is just doing nothing like you just let things happen um being proactive is the most difficult task and that's why and this goes further back to Ty Lopez and uh, Gary Vee and stuff like that where you know people like that though they may not be offering you know a lot um, the fact that they are constantly reinstating these ideas I think that could be beneficial to a lot of people a lot of people need to hear it you know a thousand times until it like really gets stuck in your head it's true so you said uh, doing nothing is pretty much failure. Yeah. And, and I just, it made me think of something. My, my dad is, is, is by far my biggest role model in my life. And 
He has uh, – so there's a baseball player named – I think his name is Yogi Berra. Yeah, that sounds like – that's uh, this is definitely a baseball player. I think – I'm pretty sure. So his thing was he, was he was a baseball player or whatever. I might have got his name wrong. But he had a lot of little short uh, common sense phrases that were like kind of witty but not even. Mm-hmm. So my dad took took a lot of advice or, you know, took a lot of his – way of thinking from from him and one of the things he said is and and it's I'm, i don't know if it's trademarked or whatever but he said you don't get lucky sitting home and and I, take it at face value you don't you can't meet a girl while you're sitting home you can't get a job while you're sitting home you can't make money or whatever while sitting home so if you're just sitting home on the computer playing video games every fucking day uh you're not going to get lucky yeah. So. That's actually it's, it's funny that you say that, and I actually mentioned this on a couple of the recordings. Is that I have a quote that's on my desk, and it's from the richest man in Babylon. And this is by far one of my favorite quotes, and it says, uh, "I don't know if you can read this, probably backwards, but men of action are favored by the goddess of good luck." Yeah. And, um, I always say this quote, and I always have it here because I have this debate with one of my old friends from high school. Um, you know, he's graduating from college with a six-figure job, and he always tells me, "He's like, yo, I just got lucky. Like, I just, you know." You know, I just did things and it just happened to pan out. And I tell him, no, you put in the work. You did all of the right things. You made the moves that were needed to be made. And you ended up at that position because luck favored you after you put in that effort. You right. kept doing things. You made that luck happen. Luck yeah. isn't just random. It's, you know, as you keep putting in more effort, that probability of your, and again, I'm a math major, so I love probabilities. Yeah. Um, the probability of your luck is it's innately it's gonna go up. Uh, I mean, there's more chances of something happening, something working out, um, and and just kind of working your way. So, I, I always look at that quote whenever I'm procrastinating or doing something wrong, and I'll look at it and be like, I should probably stop playing Fortnite, or I should probably <laughs> I should probably do something. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's it is true. That guy, you know, your buddy there that's making six figs, he wasn't sitting home. No. He was get he was getting lucky. That's it's. I mean, he got really fucking lucky. I'm sure he worked pretty hard, but like, goddamn, six figures! Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, no, he he. I think you've you've met him. Um, uh, he's, he's he's the only guy I talked to from high school, but uh, he, he. Oh yo, I totally met this homie. Yeah, it was in the park. Oh uh, no no no! I think that was Antonio that you had met. Um, that was okay. that was a different that was a middle school friend. But anyway, okay. this, this kid, um, uh, he, he's, you know, he's had multiple internships. He's done literally everything right that, that I can see. And yeah. uh, the reason that it worked out is because, you know, he constantly put in effort. He constantly made, and though it may not be 100%, like he, he always tells me there's people that put in way more work than me. Uh, there's always someone else that's putting in more. And I think that's a key takeaway is that um, – it's easy again, and like I, this is why I think like there's some value in people like Gary and Ty. Is like this these things are said all the time. Is it's um, it's easy to you know look at people who are under you or people who are doing less and think that you're doing a lot, but you always want to compare yourself to someone that's doing better because you can see that there's always more. Like you know being at Stony Brook and like seeing what the people in this room are doing, um, like you know you know everyone here. Everyone's a genius. yeah man. You know yeah, it is true. Colby, Colby got into med school junior year of college. Um, probably was planning on going to like Georgia Tech or, or uh, Stanford or you know an Ivy League university to get a master's degree in analytics. You know, if you start comparing yourself to people who are doing more, you feel as though you're not doing enough, and you can always strive to do more. Yeah, surrounding yourself around those kinds of people. Uh, for the listeners that 
don't know who Imran Imran's roommates are. They're some of the smartest people that I've met in my life, especially because I've known uh, Mr. Colby Buell since I was in diapers. And my God, uh, his first claim to fame was the spelling bees. And ever since then, that kid, you know, top it was top point zero one percent for standardized standardized test scores. If I could be half the academic that Colby is, or even you, or even Proven, anybody, I'm not uh, I, I, oh, come on. I've, shut I've up. come to terms Fuck with you. Emil. In a lot of terms, in a lot of ways, I've really oh, my God. You've been saying, you know what, bro? You've been saying that since freshman year. Fuck you, man. No, you know I... who's not, you know who's not smart? I'm not smart. I'm not academically smart. I'm street smart. <laughs> see that? See, I agree with that. That's where I think I, I strive more than some of the people in this room. I think it's because I'm from New York and I have that, like, New York like hustling mindset. Yeah, yeah. More like a little bit more textbook, but um, I think smart's a relative term. So yeah, I don't. No, think, agreed, um, agreed. I know, I know, I know, I'm not the academic type, but I know I I have my strengths, so I'm not too worried about it. So that's actually the next thing I want to get into is uh, a little bit of your family history with like how your dad you know works in contracting. I think right. Yep. So, so that and uh, your mentality when it comes to business and sales and how you have kind of gotten yourself into that position and how you see yourself moving through it. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to talk about this. This so this is what I'm going to be doing for the next like decade of my life. Um, my dad, his work ethic. I'd love to tell his story because people need to know it. So my father, uh, he, he, he was. Let's start at the age of 16. When he was 16, he built a dirt racetrack in Jordan Elbridge, New York, called Rolling Wheels. It's still active today. Uh, but ground up, bare hand, well, not bare hand, equipment, whatever it may be. Uh, he built it ground up with the um, with his one brother, my uncle, and his father. And at the age of 16, his father his father was the, the owner of the racetrack, and it was very successful. And at the age of 16, his father died. At another racetrack in a, in a, in a car accident, the car flipped into the crowd, and, and my grandfather was the only, I've never met him. He was the only one killed. So what happened after that is my dad took over this, like, from what I understand, either a quarter of a million or half a million dollar company at the age of 17, still in high school. Uh, he was in the newspaper, New York's youngest entrepreneur. Um, and then, so he was running that from, uh, 17 till maybe late twenties and while he was doing that, he got his pilot's license because he had a lot of money. He went to flight school, bought his own uh, plane, flied all or flew all over, uh, not Europe, but U.S., Canada, Mexico, and the uh, islands there. So he went to the Caribbean. He met the natives, like flew everywhere, man, uh, lived this wild life. Then he put, started putting his money into stocks and made some money there, and then he started buying properties around the local area, uh, flipping them with the equipment from the racetrack because uh, he had a little bit of carpentry skills and so-so. And so he started with one property, one property to turn into two, three, four, whatever, and he flipped them for more profit. And then an architect came up to him and was like, Do you, I, see, I see the work you've done with these houses. It's good work. Do you want to build one from scratch? And then from there on out, he became a contractor with no college degree. And he's like one of the most successful contractors in the area. So he 
the, the best phrase that I can give my father is, is he was cut from stone. That man had no direction from his parents because one died and then the other was a little hands off. Uh, I love my grandma to death. Sweetest, sweetest woman ever. Nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of details that I had skipped out on, but this man was cut from stone. Hardest worker I've ever met in my life. And, and all the while, so many shitty things has happened to him and he's the most positive person ever. So my point being is if he wasn't the college type, then I, I don't think I am either. And if I could be half the man that he is and, and always I'd, I'd be happy because he breeds success. He, the success that he's fostered is, is unbelievable to me. I, I cannot comprehend how he did it and, and how much success he, he has in all, in all shapes of, you know, family work money kind of thing. Uh, he's, he's still, he's 65 years old. He still works out every single day. He works, he's still working right now. It's fucking 8 PM. The guy is a, a animal, dude. Absolute animal. Uh, two yeah. things I want to focus on that you'd said before going into you, more into you and your business uh, side of this is, uh, you said you, he started this at 17, right? Yeah. And I want to point out, you said when you started college, you're 18 and you felt as though you weren't ready. Mm-hmm. I think it's become all too common for people in our generation and kids our age to not grow up as fast or not, they're not given the resources or maybe the tough times needed to become more hardened and capable of dealing with the real world. Uh, I, I think, and you know, I'm not saying this for everyone, but even me, I think a lot of us have been coddled in a sense. Uh, and I think it, you know, I think a lot of people need to see the harsh reality of how difficult things may become, but you know, with the right amount of work, effort, and ethic, you can be whatever, and it's really dependent on how much time you put into it. It's true. Uh, you know, that just made me think of uh, the whole everybody gets a trophy thing, but I don't want to talk about is that, that. Is that. Is that Bill Burr? No. That is Bill No, that, yeah, I, think, Bill I think it is Bill you get, Burr. You get a participation uh, little ribbon yeah. thing. It's like, you shouldn't yeah, be giving exactly. them that. You don't... For, for me, and this is, this is a point I like, uh, sorry, I got a lot of energy there. I like to point out is when I got that participation award when I was a child, I would get pissed. I'd be like, I don't want this. Why would you give me this? this, yeah, what, this you, is, who do you think you, I am? Yeah, what do you think? I'm a clown? Like, <laughs> fucking participation. Yeah. Fucking Steven over there got first place. I don't right. want no participation shit. Right. But when you have some individuals who get that participation and that's enough for them, and they're like, okay it, it, with it. Yeah, it, it develops complacency. Yeah, and that's exactly. that's that's the whole issue. And that see, that's something that I may be complacent in college with my three point one or uh, whatever my GPA is right now. Uh, but I am far from complacent when it comes to work ethic. And and now I can start talking about my sales experience. So. Uh, the whole reason I told my story about my dad is because I want to have the same amount of work ethic that he did. I may be starting a little later, but uh, nonetheless, I'm going to try to work as hard as he did in my 20s and into my 30s. So life plan is right now I'm selling uh, entertainment equipment and live shows uh, out of this company in Skinny Atlas. Uh, I do data input. I do cold calls, lukewarm calls, hot calls. I 
I oh trust me, they're dude. It's they're the lukewarm calls are some of the best because they 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 try to be pretty nice to you. Cold calls fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, um, then when we do the shows, I get to travel the nation. These shows we service the entire fifty states. Um, I've been to North Carolina several times. I've been to Pennsylvania hundreds of times. Um, they, 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 you know, we do things like, just to give you an idea, it'd be like a live hypnotist show. Uh, we do, uh, a, like a portable haunted house, but it's a 60 by 60 foot unit. So it's not what you think is portable. It's not an inflatable. Uh, it's like, now I'm going to, I'm going to start selling you some shit. I'm just kidding. But they, they, you know, this is, yeah, right. This is, this is, uh, you know. Just to give you background, now, I've been doing it for two years now. I've actually collectively only done it for like eight months, but it's been over the course of two years. Um, oh, man, I fucking love it. It's 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 my false motivation to get into psychology was should have just been me trying to get into sales or some kind of business thing because I love – like smooth or schmoozing people and like trying to get them to buy shit and like just talking about the weather or whatever it may be. People try, people knock about, people knock talking about the weather. Dude, if you do, dude, if you, if you talk about the weather correctly, you can make it super funny and like personable without being like, Oh, oh, cold weather out today or nice weather. We're having as as SpongeBob (laughs) said. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I love my sales. I'm going to do – so the plan is I'll give a super abridged version. Um, three to five years, I'll stay at this company, and I'll try to uh, live out of Syracuse or wherever I need to go. And then after that, I want to do all kinds of things. I want to save up for – the dream dream is to save up for flight school, become an airline pilot um, for a company that my mom worked for any three of them. It's Allegiant, JetBlue, or Colgan. Um, uh, and then before that all happens, I want to save up money either doing this entertainment sales account executive thingy or go into insurance because my uncle's in insurance or go into real estate. Uh, all those things are talking to people and it's like one of my favorite things to do. That's why I'm here. And uh, I... I really do enjoy it, but the the dream dream is to become a pilot because that just sounds so fucking cool. I'm happy that's uh, where you ended up getting the conversation too, because actually the last question I always ask on this podcast is what you plan on doing in the upcoming years. So that must mean that I'm getting better at hosting this. Lead you to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's actually you covered uh, the last thing I wanted to ask is what you wanted to do in the next couple of years. Um, just a little bit more than that is, do you plan on pursuing anything psychology based or uh, you know? music or, or entertainment or art oh. or anything like that? Uh, so, uh, you know, the only thing that I, okay. So psychology is out the window yeah, until you're not, I, until, you're not an immediately. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, nah. I'm, I, psychology is out the window. I'm, or, you know, it's, it's, yeah, bro. It's out the window. I don't, I don't, <laughs> For right now, you know, I'm not inspired right. by it. I've been doing it for four years. I'm fucking tired. You think I want to do this shit for the rest of my life? You fucking kidding me? So as far as music goes, I think I'll always keep beatboxing. Uh, I love to freestyle rap. 
I know it's kind of lame, but I love to do it. Uh, I've always loved playing piano. I'm going to keep practicing. But as far as making something, uh, you know, worthwhile, I don't think I'm going to do I'm really going to focus on work and saving money for flight school and that kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. That's dope. That's dope. That's a cool dream. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's intriguing. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, Dude, thank you for having me, man. 21. Um, got a lot of good conversation here. If there's anything you want to say to any of the guests that are, uh, you know, listening to this or people that watch this video, um, any one thing that you can kind of point out, uh, let them know. Uh, all right. One, Jillian, hi. I love you. <laughs> be cool. Um, two would be uh, – would be uh, if you have a problem – if you have any kind of problem, take a second, relax, really figure out where the problem is coming from. Because if you start blaming and pointing at fingers, it's gonna it's gonna literally not ruin the rest of your life, but but tentatively it will ruin your life. So if you have any issue, t- take a second. Really try to figure it out. Be introspective. It might be you. So if you have an issue, uh, take your time to figure figure it out. And that would be my advice. Wise words. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Um, I'll probably have this up next week. But yeah, uh, peace out. Peace out.